Let's talk lube. I'd venture to say that all of us should be using lube. It can increase pleasure, comfort, and fun. But it's so important to get good quality lube. Uh, You know, you want to have good ingredients, especially when it comes to sticking things inside your body. That's really important. And if you're not using uh, good quality lubes, then that can lead to uh, damaging your body, uh, particularly with uh, tears. So make sure you're getting a good lube. And you can do that by checking out Pure. That's P-J-U-R. Pure creates premium silicone and water-based lubricants, massage lotions, and skincare products using ingredients of the highest purity made to uncompromising standards. Their products include silicone and water-based lubes designed for anal play, sex toys, vaginal use, and more. Check out the link in this week's episode description to find the pure quality lubricant that's right for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Empowered Authenticity, the podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Chopa. Oh, I hope your week has been magical, fantastic. My my last couple of weeks have been a lot of things. Um, it's definitely feeling more and more like fall every day. And uh, I have seasonal affective disorder. And so this is around the time where things start getting a little bit, a little bit hard, a little bit heavy for me. And um, I feel like I talk about my seasonal affective disorder a lot because it is it plays such a big part in my life and and how I manage and do things. Um, Sometimes I feel like it gets annoying and like I'm drawing attention to myself, but, um, you know, I feel like those who who know me and care about me understand that the reason that I talk about it is because I want them to know that I'm not showing up um, as my best self. And sometimes it hits harder than others. And, um, yeah, so for me, it's a lot of um, irritability. I, uh, I have a harder time getting out of bed in the morning, which I already struggle with. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, but, you know, we, we work with what we've got. Uh, but my, my entire point behind that is to say, talk about what's going on in your life and those who love and care about you are not going to find it annoying um, because it can also feel really isolating at times to be feeling drained and seemingly inexplicably um, irritable and uh, so it's a great it's a great tool to communicate with others and say hey like I'm feeling this way and um you know, if you if you want advice, then they are there to kind of be a sounding board. Um, and sometimes you just want somebody to understand what you're going through. So all that to say, um, things have been, I've been feeling a lot of things. Um, I've been feeling incredibly grateful. The past couple of weeks, I have had some truly, truly fantastic interviews. I've had interviews that I didn't want to end because they were just so moving and I feel so incredibly grateful to be at this point in my life where I get to have these really amazing and inspirational conversations with fantastic people from all walks of life 
that just feels uh, if it feels very purposeful and it feels like I'm making real connections that I want to be making Um, and it also feels so empowering you know I come from uh, a corporate background I had a well-paying job with benefits before I started my own business in the middle of a pandemic Um, and I was always frustrated with how little power I had over what projects were worked on and how things turned out. So it's also so empowering to be able to work on my own podcast and talk about things that I want to talk about without being censored or filtered and get to choose who I want to work with and how I want to distribute and that, oh, you just... You really can't put a price tag on that. Um, and then I'm also feeling, you know, terrified <laughs> because I'm still, you know, not making a whole lot of money. So if somebody wants to buy me a coffee or something, I wouldn't be mad about it. <laughs> um, but all in all, it's it's really a net positive in my life right now. Um, and so I hope that you are also experiencing a net positive. And if you're not, and if you ever want to talk about it, feel free to reach out. Um because we're going through hard times and being a human is just fucking hard as is and then you throw all this other crap on top of it and it can be a real struggle um so please don't hesitate to reach out to me to reach out to um you know hopefully you have a support system but if you don't i think i'm pretty pretty dope pretty righteous (laughs) um but all that to say um we have a really really great guest today um and he, I, I admire him for a lot of reasons. Um, but one of them is that he has such a wonderful outlook and he tried something and it didn't work and he switched courses and is happy doing what he's doing now and can look back at his time and feel grateful and He's ballsy. He's pretty ballsy. Um, he's also my boyfriend. <laughs> so I should know how ballsy he is. Heyo. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't expect that it would be as awkward as it was to interview my boyfriend. You know, we were both sitting in my closet. Um, typically, I do interviews via via Zoom or Google Meet. Um, but if if I am close with somebody and they're in the area, then um, we'll sit in my closet and we will um, chat about things. <laughs> so it was it was awkward, um, especially because like I knew the story and I knew the angle that I wanted him to to take. And um, yeah, but I. I think that you will still really enjoy it in all of its awkward glory um, because it is, it's a story of, of trying something, of being courageous and also being courageous enough to switch courses, which is something that I feel like we don't talk about a lot. Um, you know, sometimes you have to reevaluate your goals and ask yourself why you're doing certain things and if the sacrifices that you're making are worth it. Um, and he's a stunning example of that. It also helps that he's very handsome. Um, 
it's a it's a constant joke that I am attracted to people who look like me and we do look pretty similar uh, <laughs> so that's probably why I like him um, but he's great and um, I'm clearly the funnier one in this relationship so you will have to sit through some of his terrible jokes um, but overall I I think that you're you're going to enjoy it um, the audio may be a little bit different um, because like I said uh, we were both sitting in my closet together sharing a microphone um, so hopefully that won't be too terrible but uh, it's it's a great story so I hope that you you really enjoy it um, so without any further ado and before he gets any more of a bigger head um, please welcome to the podcast my boyfriend Scott Meyer Welcome to my closet. Oh. Thank you for joining me on my podcast. I'm happy to. It's a little weird interviewing my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> a little weird to be interviewed by my girlfriend. Uh, I'm sure. Um, hopefully the audio is okay on this. I guess we're going to find out. And if it's terrible, I'll just do it again. <laughs> well, that sounds fair. Cool. <laughs> All right. So we met on Hinge. Yes. Yes, we did. Was, you messaged me, and I was like, that's a hot bitch. I gotta say yes. And I was like, he kind of looks like me. I like that shit. Yeah, it's because you're a narcissist, so it works. But I'm a... You're a sexy narcissist. So I'm what? a good-intentioned narcissist. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's what we're going with. <laughs> um, but yes, I admire you for, for many things. Uh, so tell us your story. Tell us how you got here. Um, well, my mom met my dad. At, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, let's see. I came from Texas, uh, yeah, which is good ways from here, but... We're currently in Wisconsin. Yes, yes we are. <laughs> uh, it's very different from where I'm used to. It's weird being in the summertime and it being 80 degrees and not 102. Uh, but I graduated uh, from high school. I went to... Went, went into college like everyone usually told, is told to and decided to try and pursue a degree in theater. Dropped out and tooled around doing some things uh, acting related and moved out to L.A. for a little bit. Came back, went back to school because I wanted to actually get uh, find work and then got my degree in physics and then that's when I was finally offered a job here in Wisconsin. And I was like, yes, I will take money. And, uh, and uh, here I am. Here you are. Yes. In my closet. Yes. <laughs> and what a full closet it is. It is. I need new clothes, though. <laughs> I hate most of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so you uh, you moved to L.A. What was the what was the purpose of moving to L.A.? I was going to try and make it as an actor, which, as you can obviously tell, it worked out really well. Yeah. I turned down movie offers left and right just to be, go back to school for physics. You're like, let Tom Cruise take this one. Yes. I said, Ryan Reynolds needs this more than I do. <laughs> and Chris Pratt, like, no one's going to know who he is unless he takes that job. So, yeah, let him have it. And I feel like you and Chris Pratt would have gone for the same roles. Yeah, probably. I could also see he was like a Josh Gad kind. Though yeah, less a, musical. A, a thinner. Hey, I am very musical. I'm I'm a I'm a thinner Josh Gad, but a chubbier Chris Pratt. So somewhere yeah. in the middle. Yeah, well, well, it depends. Chris Pratt, like, 
Parks and Re- early Parks and Rec, I think we were about the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, but Star Lord Chris Pratt is not close. I'm not close oh. to Star Lord Chris Pratt. Oh, he's ripped. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I uh, like, the only way you can describe me as ripped is when I rip my pants from bending over. I've got some ripped calves. Yeah, that's the only thing that's ripped on me. It's <laughs> fine. I don't have anything ripped on me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Except for this pussy. Mm. Oh, that was bad. Yeah, it was. You, you can edit that yep, out. Definitely gonna edit that out. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Other than like the farts you rip. Oh yeah, I do rip farts. Yeah, bad ones too. Real, real rip farts. Yeah. Um, Weapons grade. Truly. Uh, okay, so uh, like. How did you come to, like, decide that, like, maybe you weren't going to, like, get your big break as an actor? Uh, well, like, when I moved out to L.A., I was there for about four months before I came crawling back. Like, mostly because, like, I went out there with, like, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 in the bank that I had saved up from my jobs and uh, just not doing anything because I was wanting to make the move. And I... I was I came back with like a thousand dollars left in my bank account, mm-hmm. just trying to like pay for rent and gas and stuff like that. And I was looking for work, but it was hard to find it. And a lot of places that were wanting willing to give it uh, give me a shot were offering less money than what I was making in Texas. And so I was like I I can't afford that and live in this like expensive ass place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, actually, some of my friends were talking to me about it. It's like, yeah, every, everyone that comes out here for their first time usually ends up moving back home. It's like, really, your first time out here is just making connections. Uh, and then like the only people that tend to stay out here for their first shot are people that either come from very wealthy families and have someone and have them helping, or they're, they have a significant other or a spouse who is in a very financially stable position that they can continue staying and trying to build their career. Neither of which I have. So I, it was all on my own dime. And then I was like, oh, I need to head home before I'm completely broke and uh, try and maybe gather my resources and to do this again. Well, like when I got back, I was kind of, I was still working, but I was able to do theater every now and then. And but I was finding I was doing it less and less as I was trying to, to get the money together. And I was like, I, and I wasn't, wasn't happy because I'm working all the time in a job I hated and I'm not even getting to act and so like I was I was talking with my dad about it and he goes what's well like would you be happy just doing community theater so like, yeah I know I mean I get to act and I'd, I'd be fine just doing that and then being able to make money he's like then go back to school find something like in a different field you uh, you have the you have the opportunity to do that. Not everyone does. Take advantage of it, and maybe you can find something that'll pay you and let you work the hours that will allow you to work theater in your free time. I was like, and so I did that, and that's when I went back for my physics degree, because you know, when 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 uh, you're thinking theater, the very first next thought is physics. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you are so sexy right now. Mm, yeah. I find that so admirable. <laughs> I I think it's super fucking cool that you went out and you and you shot your shot and you were like. Yeah, a little did I know when I was shooting, I was shooting blanks. So yeah, but still, I mean, <laughs> I still made the effort. <laughs> the effort was made. Yes. You tried. 
Um, so did you have like a like a point of like I'm going to try this for this amount of time or like until I have this much money or like what like did you what was your plan I guess for which part for moving to LA for moving to LA um I think it was like I started a job at a very high end pizza restaurant and I was enjoying the work and I was I was actually making uh more money than I had in a while for, by the hour and the where oh, I, the place I was renting was wasn't that expensive, so I was actually having more money set aside. And I lo- was looking at it, I was like, if I just kind of cut back on all the things that like all the money I'm blowing, like I'm going out and drinking and uh, some of the extraneous stuff, like, especially since I had quit smoking, I found myself with more money. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna set this to the side, the side, and a year from now, I'm gonna try and move out there. And so, like, when I did, like, that's how I managed to save up that much is, like, I waited a year just socking money away. I already had, like, a, a couple grand in the bank from just various stuff, but then I, I took extra jobs, extra shifts, and really kind of, uh, to help sock all that away. Mm-hmm. And then, like, once it got close to time, I let my bosses know, hey, like, I'm going to move out to L.A. I um, put in my two weeks. And they were very supportive, and they, let, they gave me... A, a few extra hours, and I think they even gave me a small little bonus as a going away present uh, uh, to thank to thank me for my time. And I, I think right before I left, I told them, "It's like, man, if you don't give me a raise, I'm gonna quit." Like the the very last day, he's like, oh, "This is not gonna happen." Scott's like, "Fine, I'm done after today." He's like, "Yeah, we we planned on that." <laughs> yeah, I'm a nerd. <laughs> I said the same thing to my last my my last place of work before I came up here to Wisconsin. I said, "Hey." If, you can't match this raise that this company is offering me. I'm leaving. And he jokingly says, like, all right, we can do that. And I said, it's like, joke's on you. I'm going to take you up on that. And I'm going to show up on Monday. And you're going to be like, well, shit. Hey, uh, we got to give him a $5 raise. <laughs> I'm the funny one in this relationship. <laughs> well, you're welcome. I'm funny in certain situations. I'm I'm, I'm the funny one. And, it's deliver- and my delivery is all dependent. I'm I'm always funny. Yes, you are the funny-looking one in the relationship. Shut up. Um, uh, so how did like did you feel any sense of like shame or like disappointment like uh, being that you went out to LA to do one thing and then you had to come back or like what was your feeling around? I that? was sad and a little disappointed that I I was I didn't even get like it felt like I didn't even get a shot because mm-hmm. you're just struggling. Like, I. I tried to do some background work i did uh, like one show and it was only for like a brief moment i don't even know if i made the episode um but like that's that's all i did in the entire four months i was there i did one thing and i was still just just struggling with i was just like i and I, i also was watching the people around me and i knew people that were like they were working serving jobs and other stuff like that and rooming with like three or four people and really just scraping by to to get to their next uh, chance and it kind of uh, was ruminating in my head for a long time even after I got back of like is that something I want to do like do I want to struggle like that for this job where thousands of people are trying and and a lot of them aren't even getting enough work to be uh, ab- hold their head above water. Mm-hmm. 
like I think they said like uh, all of the SAG, the average wage of the SAG members is less than ten thousand dollars a year. Uh, that's their average salary. It's like, and if you th- take into account that SAG members include people like Ryan Reynolds and Chris Pratt and uh, Helen Mirren and all those guys, those people that are literally making millions of dollars, hundreds of millions. And that weight and those that average wage still comes out to ten thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. It's like that's a lot of people making pretty much zero. Yeah. And it's like I, I, I I'm happy doing. I got I, I need to, I want to find something that'll let me do things I love, but give me the money to to be able to enjoy life. Because mm-hmm. that was the other thing I was seeing is they weren't getting to really enjoy themselves. They were having to constantly work in a restaurant or. Hoping for their, their chance for the big break. Mm-hmm. Like I have a friend who does a lot of work at, at the theme parks. He enjoys it, but he also has a spouse who's in a very lucrative field that allows him to, where he can take the time to get to act and make not make a great wage. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah. But you had a, a cool gig. Uh... Oh, yes. I was a stunt performer uh, at SeaWorld in, in Texas. Tell us about that. Oh, that was a lot of fun. I worked for worked with a, a company called Lanyap Productions, and uh, they do a lot of uh, stunt shows. Like they do the gunfighting stunt shows at uh, at Six Flags Over Texas, and I think they said I got at the time they had fired over several hundred million blank rounds and not a single injury the entire time. God damn. Yeah, that's a lot. Like, they did a lot of fight, a lot of good stuff. Uh, SeaWorld was a little bit more worried about us firing off blanks because of animals around. Mm-hmm. So we ended up having to use a, uh, uh, a sound track for the gunfire, <laughs> the gun, uh, single gunfire that we shot that we used. Wait, uh, why were you firing guns at SeaWorld? I don't understand. We were pirates. And, oh, um, this spell makes more sense. Yes, yes, we were pirates <laughs> in this stunt show. And uh, they fi- like only one gu- the villain fired off one shot, and that was it. That was the only gun that ever uh, graced the stage. There was a lot of sword fighting, which was really fun because I I mean, I got paid to learn how to do some stage combat, which was mm-hmm. really really good. And it was a lot of fun. I got got to go down a zip line as well uh, in the middle of combat, which was also fun. Got thrown out of a window. Ooh. Oh yeah. Uh, this, uh, one of the girls comes out like plays that she throws us out. out. We just go we go running through. And we had a like a foam breakaway window that we would just come sailing out and ha- one right after the other. So the first guy would go out, I would come out second, and the third and another guy would come out. And we had we'd have to roll in such a way that he would come out first, roll, land, and I would come out right behind him and then land and with my legs just uh, on either side of him. Mm-hmm. So mistimed wrong, we can just like hit each other on the head. And we did a couple times in practice, mm-hmm. but never had an incident while we were doing a show. <laughs> it's like we made sure we got that one down pat. And like I said, sword fighting was also a lot of fun. We were going up and down stairs and stuff like that. But yeah, I was nothing like getting paid to, to do something that fun and getting to work out, essentially getting to work out as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was, I had probably gotten, gotten the better shape of my life since I've been in high school mm-hmm. so because of that well I imagine you're essentially doing choreography <laughs> yeah yeah you're doing a lot of choreography it's in it like and we had to start the day off doing a lot of warm-ups like uh 
run running uh, push-ups sit-ups mm -hmm. just to build the core from like you're holding a like a five pound piece of iron mm -hmm. in your hand it's dulled so it's not going to actually cut but uh, thro uh throwing at someone wrong it can still hurt oh yeah um but yeah it was like i said that was a lot of fun it was it really because uh, i went i did that before i went to la it really opened my eyes to like how much fun it could be and the different feeling of it being like i had done uh said so i've been doing uh like college shows and stuff like that it's like but when you're getting paid to do it and there's a there's, it's a different feeling when there's an incentive behind it as opposed to just doing it for the art mm -hmm. it was it was very fun second like, it was a very a unique experience and i would not trade it for the world i would love to be able to do it again but i don't think i could do it and then make a living mm -hmm. like i said i lucked out because i was in a very like san antonio texas is a very reasonably priced place to live so i was able to uh, to survive mm -hmm. so but yeah that was fun how did you get into that like how how did i find find out about it yeah uh i was actually doing a community theater uh show oddly enough uh i had gone to this community theater because my mom was wanting to audition for a show there and when i uh while i was waiting there was no guys coming in like i sat there for a good like 15 20 minutes not one single dude had come in yet and I was like, oh, I felt terrible about this because like I had been at in theaters where they were just struggling to get uh, men. I was like, all right, fine. Like they needed someone about my age for one of the characters. And I was like, I'll I'll sign up, and then if it's like uh, hopefully someone else will show up that they know, and they'll cast him instead. So I sign up, and like I want to say like five ten minutes after I signed up, like two I four or five guys showed up. I was like, oh, of course. Um, so we do the audition and like there was only one kid I want to say he was like probably two years younger than me at the time was a, he, he was the only other one that could possibly fit that role and like the kid, I think the kid had ju was either just graduated high school or was just about to like this last year and it was one of those things of like kind of like in acting life experience dictates your ability a hell of a lot more than anything else you can have talent but without the experience to draw on, it just does not come across the same. And I saw him audition. And I was, I was like, "Oh, please don't call on me. I don't. I don't. I'm gonna. <laughs> I got this kid's not uh, not gonna get a shot." And not to sound like full of myself, it was just one of those ones of like the the lines in it. I I quickly recognized how to deliver it, and I was like, and I, I'm like, I oh, just don't call on me. And she was, and the director wasn't for a while. Mm -hmm. Like this kid was doing more stuff like that. Well, then the director realized she hadn't called on me and asked me to do, to do the monologue that this kid just did it. And I, I do it, and the audience, or the, the people watching are laughing, which they didn't for this kid. And the bad thing is I could see him in the audience and just his head sink. I was like, well, oh, no. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, dude, you were good. It's just I had a little bit more years of experience on you. <laughs> um, but then my mom was auditioning, but it was her first audition in years. She was nervous and it was and she did not do well like so then they they, they, uh, they they start saying they start saying who they want to to come back and actually do the show and they like and I, I thought they were they're offering me to read again I was like yeah I'll do it and like okay cool rehearsals gonna be on Monday I was like wait what <laughs> uh, and then like I was waiting to listen to the rest of the cast and my mom did not get picked 
And I was like, well, that feels like crap. I come out here to support my mom and I get in the show and she doesn't. But uh, it was kind of worked out though because I was waiting to find out some of the information. One of the ladies that uh, uh, that, that I got offered a role, so I, so I thought she was getting offered a bigger role. So she said, I don't, that's beneath me. I, I don't want to work it. <laughs> and then my mom was, wait, I wrote out with my mom. So my mom was waiting behind me. Director turns around, around to, to look at me and ask oh, to, to, for me to ask her questions and sees my mom and goes, what do you want? And she's like, I'm just waiting for him. He's like, well, you want to, you want a part? Yeah. And so, she, and so my mom got a part because I had to ask a question. <laughs> and so she, and she's actually pretty, pretty thankful, uh, jokes about with me uh, that a lot now. She's like, wouldn't have got started if it wasn't for you. Mm-hmm. But that's so long answer to this. It was just like, we were doing that show and actually in their bulletin board in their, in their green room, there was an advertisement for being a stunt performer, uh, doing a pirate stunt show. I was like, ooh, this sounds like fun, and it pays. Like, I just dropped out of college. Like, let's, uh, let me find a paying acting gig, because none of my other uh, other friends that have graduated with a degree have done anything like this. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and off I went. I think I was actually the first one in my friend group to get an, a paid acting role. Mm. And then the, one of my friends now uh, is doing really good uh, work as a technical theater director in uh, Miami, Florida. He's just brilliant actor. He's done a lot of acting stuff. I think he's working in an equity theater, but he's done some really good work, and he's just one of the most amazing people I've ever met. And uh, so I'm really happy that he's still in it and still doing so much good work. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's like that's actually how I, f- I found out about the the stunt show was just doing community theater. Hey, advertisement. What was the audition process like? Um, so for was, for the for the stunt performance. So we had little uh, sides that we read that were from the script that got changed around, like that uh, for, for these certain characters. And I did it, and we had them laughing. Like me, me, and actually well, one of the guys who ended up being the other uh, other character alongside me. He we essentially played brothers in this situation. We were both idiots. The character I played was the bigger idiot, mm-hmm. and we actually had it. Uh, uh, I worked at it with before when, when we were doing the rehearsal or during the the reading. We'd have to like pull our swords out to go to, to start for a fight, and I and I put the sword on the right side instead of the left side, which because I'm right-handed should go on the left side. Well, I had him do the same uh, same for him. So like we go to like, grab our swords and it's just not there. And so I just start turning around in circles, trying to grab the sword, mm-hmm. and he stops me and pulls the sword out for me, and I just grab his sword and we just go off doing our thing, which had the them uh, dying laughing. So then, like, all right, good, kind of went off on that, and we did some some physical activities. At that time, I was still smoking. Oh God! <laughs> and the like, I managed to make it uh, go through that pretty well, uh, <laughs> hiding the fact that I was wheezing at times, just like. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's so much work. And it was not that much work. <laughs> just lack of oxygen. But yeah, like that was, that was like, we just we did some readings, did a monologue, and then did, uh, I think they wanted to see how physical we could be without it being detracting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it was a full, it was like, a, I think about a four or three, no, two, three hour process that we did. And then uh, they had several more auditions like uh, throughout the week and then like think like one more in San Antonio like two more in Austin a couple in Houston and then that was it and then like I found out like probably like 
two, three weeks after the fact that I that they uh, brought me in. They're like, all right, sweet. Like, so I got to be one of the idiot sailors, or the idiot villain sailors. And then I was the, uh, in the other role. I was the second uh, second mate, or the essentially the goofy sidekick of the hero. Mm-hmm. So both times I played either uh, either an idiot or a goofy little or a goofy guy. So yeah. Did you ever get to swim with the with the fish? No, I didn't get to swim. We it was a no water. Uh, there was no water involved in our show, other than water cannons that fired water into the audience. Oh. But um, we did get really, uh, really friendly with a lot of the people that did the, the uh, acrobatic show with the dolphins and the beluga whales and stuff like that. Uh, one of uh, one of the guys that I was working with, uh, who actually made a, a decent living doing stunt shows around the country, um, he got really good friends with them. So we'd go to the, some of their training venues. They went to a, tr- a gymnastics place in in town. And they did a lot of training there to work on their aerial performances and stuff like that. Got it to where I could do some stuff on trampoline and then was working on doing a no-handed cartwheel. Ooh. I can't do it anymore. I would just break my neck. Okay, well, I'm not going to ask you to try. Yeah, don't. don't. I, <laughs> I don't even think I could do a regular cartwheel anymore. I feel like I could do a regular cartwheel, but a no-handed one? No. Not a chance. Nope. Not I, a fucking chance. I, I, I can't do a cartwheel anymore, and I can't do a one-handed cartwheel, so I definitely couldn't do a no-handed cartwheel. I feel like... With a little practice, I could figure out a one-handed one, but not a no-handed yeah. one. No, no, just not anymore. <laughs> Did you uh, ever use your whole thing of, like, I'm an actor to pick up babes? No, because usually that doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in women. <laughs> they're, I, they're just like, oh, you're just going to lie to me. It's like, well, it's not wrong. But, uh, like, I, I had faked a, an accent before. Uh, mostly because my friend threw it on me at the last minute, and he told people I was from England, and so I was having to speak with an English accent because I didn't want to. Friends, a friend turned out to be a douche, but at the time I was like, "Oh, he's a good friend. I don't want to make him look like an asshole." So I talked with that, like talked to a girl for a little bit, but nothing ever actually happened with that. I would feel terrible about <laughs> about lying like that. You're such a tool. <laughs> Yes, yes. That, I'm a tool for not for not being an asshole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to circle back real quick. Uh, you mentioned SAG. I know what that is because I have, of the mm. podcast that I listen to, but please explain uh, that for so, people who might not know. So SAG is the Screen Actors Guild, uh, where if you're going to perform on television or, or movies, uh, if it's a professional uh, production, you have to be a member of the film. If you're going to have a speaking role, sometimes you get away with not having uh, those actors. It's not as if a uh, SAG is not as uh, stringent as the theater version, which is called Equity. Equity is really bad because Equity is like to be a to be act on an Equity stage or production, you have to be a member of Equity. To get Equity, you have to be a, uh, act on an uh, Equity stage, which is very counterproductive. It's like yes, yeah, but SAG is a lot more lenient on it. It's like you just. To get SAG membership, you just have to have a speaking role in a, in a SAG-approved uh, production. So, like, if you ever saw a movie and someone just literally said, like, wait, what do you mean? That's all, like, the, even just saying what. Mm-hmm. If it's a scripted line and they said it, they get SAG membership off of that. 
So, and what does what does SAG membership like? What uh, is that? Okay, so it? It, it it guarantees you a specific pay okay. to do uh, uh, to, uh, to do things, and you have and if there's issues like in production, like hey, they're treating the actors terribly and stuff like that, it's union representation at that okay. point. And there is like certain benefits to it, like hey, you're you put you're paying your dues, but you're also having struggling to get like work at certain times. They have like uh, payouts to stuff like that. It's just it's not a lot, but it's enough to help you get by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. <laughs> could be, you could have just made it up. And I, I'm just sitting I, here like, yeah, I that just, sounds just right. just bullshit the whole thing. No one knows. <laughs> Say it with enough confidence, everyone will believe you. Precisely. Yeah. That's how I live my life. Exactly. <laughs> that's how I got my job. <laughs> okay, yeah. So tell us tell us a bit about what you do now. Uh, okay, so... Ooh, my leg's going to sleep. Yep, um, it's not a very comfortable podcast <laughs> setup. Uh, so my, like I said, I got my physics degree, and I ended up getting a job as a metrologist, which, not to be confused with a meteorologist, which I kind of confused it with when I first got told about the position. Uh, it's actually I work uh, uh, and I work with scientific equipment, make sure it's uh, maintained properly, uh, and calibrated to fit within spe- specifications, so that way you're. When you're taking uh, information uh, data, it's being it's in the correct uh, within correct tolerances. So it's like, hey, it's, if we say something is five feet, it's five feet, give or take a couple millimeters. You don't want it to be like, hey, this is five feet, and then like, oh, hey, yeah, but it's actually four foot six inches. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you want it to be very accurate. We're actually, I, I actually work with more. Uh, uh, more scientific stuff and more like pharmaceutical area and other things of the, of that nature. So yeah, got it. Cool. Mm-hmm. So you're a fucking nerd. Yes, I am a very big nerd. <laughs> cool. Um, okay, so uh, I have two more questions. Okay. Um, I may have two more answers. Uh, well, you have to have an answer to one of them. All right. Um, so first question is like what uh has been kind of like your takeaway from like this whole experience that you've had of like trying to be an actor not being a professional actor and then like moving and and getting this new job in a different field like what has this all like taught you like what was the purpose uh to be fair like the the time i put in at acting helped me deal with people a lot better especially interviews like like this one? Yeah. Oh, no. This one's different. <laughs> this one's just kind of bullshit. Hey! <laughs> Lovely bullshit, but still bullshit. This is a, a highly respected podcast that has not yet aired. Oh, yeah. That makes total sense. <laughs> that's probably... It's like I'm just going to find it on the in the in the recycle bin later. No. <laughs> you would never delete my stuff? All right, good. Um, no. Uh, like I said, I, I, I'm... It made it a little harder with coronavirus because I'm usually I'm like when I'm in person I'm better at reading people because it's like an audience so you can feel when the audience is with you and when it's not but like over the over video chat a little harder because you can't gauge like you're only getting to see like a small very small portion of their face and you can't read body language as easily so but I found like hey there's certain things people still respond to and so like when it came to those like job interviews i made sure to try to and capture those and what what was visible 
on, on screen. So, and I found like, hey, that actually helped me get more, either get further along in the process of job interviews or like in this one, get, get me the job. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, like my position didn't require, uh, the position I ended up getting in doesn't require a degree, but uh, the uh, upper positions do. So it's like a very entry level job, which is what I needed. And so it's like, oh, well, I made sure I can kind of bullshit just enough about my, about what I know. And just not, I'm not as solid on it as I can pre- pretend I am, I pre- present myself as. But if you can pre- bullshit it just right, it's, it works. It's, that's really what acting taught me was just bullshit enough mm-hmm. to, to show that you're good. And then like, but I, again, I, I'm rambling a little bit, but uh, it taught me uh, valuable lessons. I said I had to go out and try, mm-hmm. and I felt that because I tried, it wasn't one of those things I can turn back. Like I'm not gonna look back on later and go, "Well, I, I could have done this." It's like, no, I did try, didn't work, but I, I got some valuable experience out. I got some great memories. I mean, LA had some really good food. And so, and I got a lot of that. I, I <laughs> ate a lot of good food while I was out there. The all-you-can-eat sushi bar was really nice. It sounds terrible. Oh, it wasn't. Like it wasn't like a all-you-can-eat buffet. You had to order the sushi, so they didn't make it. Oh, okay. But you couldn't. Like you paid for like an hour. Mm. And in that hour, you got to eat as much sushi as you could as you possibly could, and you would order each time. But you, the thing is, you couldn't take anything home. Well, yeah. So. And you, whatever you ordered, you had to finish before you could order more. Mm-hmm. So if you ordered like a whole lot and you couldn't eat anymore, it's like, nope, you would get charged if you, if you want wanted to take it home. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, it's fine, that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, like again, it really taught me a, a lot about. Hey, if, if the dream doesn't work, doesn't mean it. It uh, maybe you just need to adjust the dream, mm-hmm. and find something that allow you to do it, uh, allow you to do the thing you love. Just not let it be the, your source of income. Mm-hmm. It's like it can still be something you enjoy. It just doesn't have to be the only thing you do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that's that really helped me. It's like, again, my dad and my mom were both very supportive of that and and helped highlight that it, those things for me. Like saying, hey, you don't have to do this for a living. Mm-hmm. You can find something else that you you may not even love it. You can just tolerate it. Mm-hmm. It's like, but if it allows you to do the thing you love then it's well worth it as opposed to doing something you hate and not being able to do anything with the thing you love yeah so yeah i find that very sexy about you oh well (laughs) okay last question what do you like about me stop acting like you're (laughs) thinking (laughs) Uh, i just wanted there to be silence there for a while because it's fucking hilarious (laughs) I'm going to cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no, I said so you're just as weird as I am. Maybe a little more so. And that is utterly beautiful. You make me feel very comfortable about myself. So you are very accepting for all my weird faults and flaws. Even though you give me shit for them at times. Which is fair because I give you shit for yours. Um... Yeah, that's... And you let me kiss you, so that's totally a win in my book. I let you do more than kiss me. Not in front of the podcast, people. (laughs) 
but yeah like no it's, and you're I said we're I think we're very we have a lot of very similar ideal ideas and ideologies which is a very big benefit because like there's that's not going to be a, an ever a, an issue in our day-to-day and like while we do have some differing opinions on small things it's not the big things that uh that are there that are different and again you're just as weird as i am biggest difference you like tea and i do not and i, I do like love coffee me good tea. and you do not you like bean broth or bean uh bisque I... and i like hot wa- uh, hot leaf water yeah exactly but that was one of the that was a red flag for me at first <laughs> Oh, the, the fact that I didn't like coffee? Yeah, because I'm like, how? I literally texted Rachel, and I was like, he doesn't like coffee. How am I even supposed to relate to this person? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you said that. You say that. But our first date, we still hung out for like six hours. Wasn't it seven? Seven. Yeah, six, seven. It was, it was a long time. Yeah. Yeah. You like me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Thank you for coming on my podcast. Of course. I know this was weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the weirdest thing that we've done. What's the weirdest thing we've I done? I don't know. I was just trying to be be polite. Mm. Well, <laughs> you tried. I tried. That's that's the story of my life. Uh, well, that's Scott. He tried. I like uh, you regardless, <laughs> you fucking clown. Mm. I think it'll be the title of my autobiography. I like you regardless, you fucking clown. No, that'll be the blurb underneath. The it, uh, Scott Meyer. He tried. That just sounds like it goes on your tomb. It's both. It can be both. I think we're going to end it here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Looks like we're ending the relationship, guys. Sorry. (laughs) Bye. No, don't leave. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. And I like you. I enjoyed it. And uh, you're sexy. listening to empowered authenticity the podcast please make sure you rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you get your podcasts if you like more content from empowered authenticity make sure to follow on instagram at empowered underscore authenticity we'll see you next week do you feel stuck and unmotivated want to create your dream life but don't know where to begin If you're interested in improving your relationships, communication skills, or feeling more comfortable in your skin, I can help. Together we can determine what's holding you back from living your best life and help to quiet that negative Nancy residing in your head. If you've been interested in working with a coach who is optimistic and authentic and empowers you to be as well, then schedule your free 30-minute chemistry session today by going to empoweredauthenticity.net. Again, that's empoweredauthenticity.net net.